Welcome to Business Casual, Poets and Quants weekly podcast. Today, we're going to talk about regrets. This is John Byrne with Poets and Quants, with my co-hosts, Maria Withbilla and Caroline DeArty Edwards. You know, Frank Sinatra said it best, regrets. I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention. We're going to mention them. We're not shy about mentioning them. Every year, one of the things that we do is survey for the most recent graduating class of every highly selective elite business school in the world. And one of the questions we ask them are their regrets. And we're going to get to that in a moment. But first, let me just thank our sponsor, Geese College of Business. Are you thinking about earning your MBA with the fully online IMBA from the University of Illinois' Geese College of Business? You can earn your degree on your schedule without ever leaving your home. You'll learn from Guy's top faculty and build a global network of experienced peers at a cost of just $23,000. It's no wonder the IMBA comes with a 96% student satisfaction rate. Apply by October 6th to start the program in January. Learn more at onlinemba.illinois.edu. So regrets. You know, when you when you ask people who've been through an MBA experience, which is can be grueling and intense and involves a lot of new friends, a lot of new learning, a lot of pressure as well, because obviously everyone is going in to transition into a new job. So it requires a job search and lots of interviews. And, you know, you're seeing your classmates get jobs that maybe you wish you had. It's it's uh, very easy for this to go by very quickly. And before you know it, you're in cap and gown and you're walking across the stage and you're receiving your diploma. And there are things that you wish you had accomplished that you hadn't. Look on our site, the Poets and Quant site, for 20 biggest regrets of MBA graduates. And you'll find, you know, I think fairly honest, even intimate answers to the regrets that graduates have. I wonder if Maria who graduated from Harvard Business School, graduated with any regrets. And if in in retrospect, over the course of the years of her work experience, whether her regrets or regret has changed in any meaningful fashion. Wow. Um, so let me see. I, I think the question about the changing of the regrets is an interesting one. I hadn't, I hadn't really stopped to think about if that regret had changed over time. I think my... My biggest regret is that at first I focused too much on academics. I was actually like taking class a lot more seriously than I should have. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure none of the professors would like to hear me like to hear me say this, but I really think that I was I was too focused on the school aspect of it, and I should have prioritized socializing a little bit more. And yeah, I think if I could do it over again, I think I would have socialized more, not in a blitzkrieg way of like. 10 seconds with each of the 900 people in my class. Uh, but uh, I certainly huh. would have, I certainly would have, would have re- refocused my efforts on the social aspect of business school. Right. And is that a regret that you have uh, today or is that a regret that you had immediately after graduating with your MBA? Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's one that I, I have on, on both, on both levels. Like it, it, it ended up working out for me in my very, very, very specific situation I met my now husband like my third week of school. And so I ended up putting a lot of emphasis into the, just that one relationship, um, which worked out well for me. 
But, it, you know, in retrospect, I'm like, oh, if I would have been a little more sort of calculating and cold hearted and strategic about it, I would have said, well, if we're going to end up together, we're going to have the next sort of 50 years to hang out. And so maybe I should meet other people, too, and hang oh, out with other people. Oh, yeah, regret <laughs> playing the field. The, oh, that's the, the not at all. The Harvard Business School. No. It's not <laughs> It's not a playing of the field, John. I, I, I didn't need to play the field after I met after I met my husband. I was like, yep, no, we're done. But no, just in terms of like spending time on other friendships and, you know, sure. maybe like with my study group, I could have you know, been more social and, and done things like, Hey, maybe we should all meet up for coffee or maybe we should go to dinners or stuff like that. So I think I would have, I would have just reallocated a little bit of those priorities. Yeah. And I I think that would make total sense. I mean, one of the interesting things about this question is that just about everybody says, yes, uh, they do have regrets. And generally, you know, the regrets are many, you know, the first year or first quarter in particular, people felt lost or alone. Uh, some pictures themselves as imposters who didn't belong. Others were terrified of missing out on any chance to learn or to network. And so they signed up for too many things. Others invested their time in the wrong activities or stubbornly clung to the plan. Uh, others say they overcame their fears and found their calling, but the process took its toll. Uh, on the actual learning experience. Um, Caroline, I wonder if you had a regret when you left NCAD with your MBA. Yeah, I think you have a very good article there, John. It was a very good summary of some of the the regrets or anxieties that people do express. And I think a lot of them relate to sort of striking a balance, right? And that's that's very difficult because there's just so much to do and you can't do everything. There's so many amazing opportunities at business school, so many fascinating classes, so many wonderful people, so many exciting clubs, so many trips. So you do have to be incredibly selective. And I think people do struggle with that. And it's funny hearing Maria's story because actually I started dating my now husband in my first week at business school, though he actually wasn't on the program with me. He was an old friend who I reconnected with in Singapore. who I hadn't seen for 10 years. And as I didn't know anyone in Singapore, when I rocked up at INSEAD, I met up with him the first weekend and that was it. And so like Maria, I think that I obviously spent a a lot of time with him and that was wonderful. Um, But maybe I don't have as many deep relationships with classmates as some of my classmates ended up with because I was investing a lot of time in that relationship, right? And INSEAD is one year. So I, I think you know all MBA programs typically go past very quickly, and if it's a twelve-month program, it's really a uh, um, you know it, it flies past in much faster than you anticipate. And so you know I have great great friends and and wonderful friendships, but perhaps I don't know as many people as well as I might have if I hadn't started dating my husband. But you know, hey, we're happily married and we have four kids, so I don't regret it too much. <laughs> And having met him, I have to say he's a wonderful guy and a great person. <laughs> and he makes you. a hell of a mar- uh, margarita as well. He, put he it, does. Yeah, and he actually hosted there. a Latin party for, for Inciad. And, and so he was involved <laughs> and uh, is fondly remembered by many of my classmates. But yes, it probably distracted me a little bit along the way. And let's, you know, I think that your regret is similar to many others. In fact, in the story, we quote um, a recent graduate from... Uh, UC Berkeley School of Business, uh, who talks about 
the notion of fringe friendships. He describes them as a situation where two people always talk about hanging out more, uh, but never actually did. Um, his point of view is the MBA is a unique period in life where you have access to hundreds of bright and interesting people. While I'm in no way regretting the friendships that I've made, in hindsight, I'd have liked to leave business school with even more close friendships as opposed to surface level friendships. But that does take a significant investment in time and thought in uh, picking people who, you know, you want to develop those deep bonds with. Um, and, and, and you're doing this in the face of lots of stuff happening all around you. I mean, the distractions uh, and the things that you have to focus on are immense uh, in an MBA program. And, and Caroline, as you point out, in a one-year program, that all gets accelerated uh, mm. at a pace really unbelievable. Mm. Yes, when I, I finished at INSEAD, I, I sort of had this feeling that I jumped off a speeding train. I, I felt sort of somewhat dazed and confused as I adjusted back to normal <laughs> life afterwards because it it's an incredibly intense experience and, and people talk about it as, you know, drinking from a fire hose. Um, so, we and it was an incredible experience, but you do have to be very selective. And I think something that, that helps and, you know, what I've seen having since done the MBA program, having worked at INSEAD and then working with people heading off to business school is that having a clear view ahead of time of what you want to get out of it and, and what your goals are. I think that that does help a lot in giving some students sort of sense of purpose and confidence about, you know, what, what they're focusing on and can reduce some of the anxiety that they should be doing everything because you can't do everything. Um, and I, yeah, I do, sure. have seen people get get swept up in the momentum sometimes of, you know, they go into business school thinking they want to do do something. And, and often that changes, right, because it is a transformational experience and it is important to remain open to that, right? You don't want to be completely sort of stubborn and um, fixated on something if there is something that genuinely appeals to you. So that, you know, again, it's about striking a balance between having a plan and also being flexible. But I have also seen students suddenly abandon their plans and their ambitions because they see everyone is applying to McKinsey or everyone wants to get, move into private equity, right? That That's the next big thing. Or And so they get swept up because they see their classmates heading in a certain direction and excited about something and they think they should be doing the same thing right and and um it's not necessarily where their heart is and so they can end up spending a lot of time on something that ultimately they may not be successful in because it's not really the right path for them so i think avoiding sort of peer pressure and sticking to what is true to you is is also important yeah I mean, another, uh, I think, common pitfall uh, that that happens to a lot of people who do not come from mainstream business school backgrounds like consulting or investment banking or even a tech company where you're an engineer and you want to broaden your skills uh, and enter general management uh, is this notion that, okay, if you studied the subject that isn't necessarily applicable to the business world, then you have very little to contribute in the classroom. We had one uh, graduate from Brigham Young University's Marriott School who studied psychology and worked in optometry. And lacking a business background, he questioned whether he brought anything of value to his MBA classmates. So mm -hmm. during his first semester, 
he admitted that he continually downplayed his experience, uh, and this choice ultimately sapped his confidence and robbed his classmates of a formidable perspective. As he told us, there's nothing wrong with my experience. It is just a bit different uh, from most. Over time, I have learned to have a greater appreciation for both my life experience and my work experience. If I were to do it again from the first day, I would spend less time comparing myself to others and focus more on my personal journey and development. Eventually, I got to that place, but it took me a little longer than I would have liked. Um, A really honest admission um, about how one could make their MBA experience better. Uh, Maria, I wonder if there are any other stories uh, of people who are uh, quoted in this particular article that resonated with you. Yeah, I I think, you know, as one of the some of the things that really jumped out at me as Caroline was saying, you know, I think I think the two the two key words that we're probably going to mention a lot throughout the remainder of this discussion is the word balance and then also this sort of word of authenticity or staying true to yourself. I I did see some people talk about as Caroline mentioned, getting swept up in, wow, I wasn't really interested in something like banking, but everyone else seems to want to do it. And so now I want to do it. And, you know, I, I can think of, I can think of situations where people were not interested, let's just say banking to pick banking. Uh, we're not interested in banking, getting into business school, got to business school, everyone else was into it. So then they decided they were into it. They applied for the job and then they like, didn't get it. And then they're devastated that they didn't get something they didn't want in the first place. Or, they then get the job, and 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 Caroline also alluded to this as well. They get at the job, and they realize, like, oh my god, I don't care about this. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. Like, I had, right. I actually, I actually had breakfast a couple of weeks ago with a former client uh, who was who had done, who just did an investment banking internship, and was like, hey, you know what? Like, it was great, it was challenging, you know, I learned a lot, but wow, not for me. Right. Like not what I thought it was going to be, not as close to the business as, you know, I, I think, you know, this is a person who really wants to be more hands on in, in how a business is run. And investment banking is not really necessarily the way to do that. So I, I just think that that the, the shame or the, the sort of the pity from from a situation like that um, is just when like, wow, you, you only get one internship, maybe two internships during your business school career. And to be to be really just deliberate. Um, like about, okay, what exactly am I looking to get? What am I looking, how am I looking to grow? What am I looking to learn? Understanding that all of those things on that list are not going to happen. So at some point you're going to have to say, well, okay, if I have seven things I want to get out of business school and I can only get three, what should those three be? Uh, but really just staying, staying true to yourself and realizing that yes, being open, of course, but, but, you know, Going going with the flow isn't necessarily the best outcome for you, for the employer. Um, and then you end up at square one, right? Because then you're back and you're like, oh, wait, I thought I wanted to do this and now I don't want to do it. And now I'm back where I started kind of confused and not really sure where to, where to go next. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I even find this in my own personal life at my age where, you know, you have two or three different things you can do. You're conflicted about which one to do. And I always try to remind myself, oh, my God, how lucky am I that there are two to three things to do? And I get which one I want to do. And rather than feel overwhelmed by that and rather than feel frustrated by that, I want to feel gratitude for the fact that I have choices today that many people don't have. And I think that's a really great attitude to have when you're entering business school. And there are so many different things you can do clubs and organizations you can join, friendships you can make, uh, 
deep one, sure, surface one, sure. Make getting a mentorship with a couple of professors who you could call at any time during your career, and they'll answer the phone and they'll they'll uh, guide you and give you some uh, advice and confidence at, at, at times during your career when you may need it. Uh, doing which internships, going to which wine and cheese events when the recruiters come to campus, and then ultimately choosing an internship and a full-time job opportunity. The beauty of all this is all the options that you're, that you're going to get, and the difficulty is, is making the right choice among those options. Any advice about that? I mean, how do, you, how do you know with any kind of certainty that I want X, Y, and Z out of my MBA program when I enter it, and then I can be so focused on that that I get it? And I'm not distracted by everything else that's going around me. Well, I think in the article, people point out that reflection is important. And I think investing some time in that before you start the program is time very well spent. And sometimes that happens during the admissions process, right? Because the essays and the application process and the interviews require some introspection. And sometimes people actually find that process useful for um figuring out their priorities and, you know, what it is they want to get out of the MBA and, and how they see their career evolving post-MBA. Um, so hopefully that that is a useful process as well um, to help you hit the ground running. But I, I think that, um, you know, there's a lot that you can do beforehand as well, especially if you are entering a program like in Seattle, there's a one-year program and it is super intensive you can start preparing your your job search. You could do some of the reading ahead of ahead of time. INSEAD actually um, has a language requirement as well, and some people need to take um, language language classes um, during the program or before the program um, to fulfil that requirement. And I always encourage people to do that beforehand if they can. So I I think you know that preparation time can be super useful. And then, you know, perhaps making a note, um, writing down what your goals are so you can refer back to that so that when all of this craziness is going on on the MBA program and there's a million things that are potential distractions, that you can review that and, and sort of recenter yourself. Yeah, really, really good advice there. Maria, your thoughts? Yeah, I I think um I think yeah for the for the folks who may lack confidence coming into the program because they are not coming from a traditional business program, I agree with Caroline. Like try to get some of that initial work done out of the way. You know, take a free there are so many YouTube videos and free online classes with basics of accounting and finance and Excel modeling. You know, just start introducing yourself to that stuff early before you jump into the fire hose or you jump in front of that fire hose. Um, so that way, once you get in front of the fire hose, you're not feeling quite so drowned by it because you're at least a little bit more familiar with the lay of the land. Uh, you know, another regret that wasn't really talked about in the article that I, you know, what got me thinking about this was with people saying, well, I'm, I'm insecure because I don't have uh, a business background. I think some people also that I have worked with going into a program, maybe they didn't get into their first choice school. And they were sort of feeling a little like bummed out about it a little or, you know, wow, I, you know, I regret, I wish I would have gotten into a better school or going into that summer internship, you know, especially with the large employers where you're going to be working alongside MBA students from, you know, five, 10, 20 other business schools. Um, I do think that sometimes some of the people that I've worked with are like, oh, you know, I, going into my summer internship, I was a little bit worried that because I wasn't going to a top five or an M7 or whatever, that I wasn't going to be able to compete on the job. But in fact, 
I was, you know, I was able to contribute just as much and I got the return offer and the kid from the higher rank school didn't get the return offer or situations like that, where I think sometimes people either, you know, just like how sometimes I think certain students sell themselves short. I think sometimes students might sell their programs short. And I, you know, and if, and I, and I just want to encourage people to have, to have confidence in yourself. The admissions office let you in for a reason. They go through the incredibly rigorous admissions process, not because they find it fun or they have no other hobbies, but because they are really trying to pick people who will succeed in the program, both academically and professionally. Um, so if you get accepted, trust that they did their jobs right. And then just focus mostly on being the best version of yourself that you can be. And don't second guess their ability to do their job. That's super advice. And if you didn't get into Harvard, Stanford, Wharton, or NCAD, you know, big deal. They made an admissions mistake on you. <laughs> That's the way to think about it. Not Caroline. <laughs> not Caroline. Yeah. Everyone else. Oh, not Caroline, of course. <laughs> if I may add something, what Maria said um, yeah. just prompted a thought that something I've also seen is that sometimes candidates who are waitlisted and then admitted um, are more likely to feel a sense of, you know, imposter syndrome or sort of uncertainty about whether they're as good as everybody else, right? Because that can knock your confidence if you've been waitlisted. Um, and so, you know, as Maria said, uh, be confident that they've made the right decision. Um, if you are waitlisted, it's because they have seen a lot of potential in you and they see that you would be a great addition to the class. So I would just encourage anyone who is heading off to business school and is in that situation not at all to second guess how well qualified they are or, you know, whether they're as good as any everybody else who's there. You're absolutely you know, you've earned your place. Um, you absolutely, you know, deserve to be there and and, and don't feel that um, you are any less worthy than anyone else in the classroom and have any, anything less to bring to, to the experience. Absolutely. I think this is great advice. So for any of you out there who have uh, just started your MBA program or for applicants, uh, who applied or are applying in round one or two or three. Uh, I would say, you know, uh, take a read of this, 20 Biggest Regrets of MBA Graduates on the Poets and Quan site. Uh, you've already listened to the podcast. And think about, you know, what do you really want to accomplish and what do you not want to regret? We want you to share Sinatra's sentiment. Regrets, I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention. Uh, I think if you can come out of, of graduate school experience uh, with that attitude, um, you're ahead of the game. All right. I want to thank again, uh, Maria and Caroline, for their incredible thoughts and insights. I also want to thank our sponsor, the Gies College of Business. Are you thinking about earning your MBA? With the fully online IMBA from the University of Illinois' Gies College of Business, you can earn your degree on your schedule without ever leaving your home. You'll learn from Guy's top faculty and build a global network of experienced peers at a cost of just $23,000. It's $23K. It's no wonder the IMBA comes with a 96% student satisfaction rate. Apply by October 6th to start in January and learn more at onlinemba.illinois.edu. Thanks for listening. This is John Burnett, Poets and Quants.